You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. What's going on, guys? Hope that you are doing well. This last week, I got to sit down with our missions pastor, Glenn Grove, and we had a conversation about missions, equipping. Um, the conversation went in a couple directions that I wasn't expecting it to go, but it was this just incredible uh, chance for me to sit down and, and talk to a man that I respect a ton. Um, fair warning, I'm going to sound like a 12-year-old child next to his Morgan Freeman-like voice, so just prepare yourself for that. But Glenn um, is one of the best guys I know. He is passionate about people from every culture um, knowing the love of Jesus, and uh, it was a really, really fun conversation, and it was an honor to sit down with him. So I hope you get a ton from this. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me and I can give you Glenn's contact information if you want to talk to him. Also, we're going to talk through a few books through this conversation and I will link those in the show notes. So uh, I hope that this is a beneficial conversation for you like it was for me. Here is Glenn Grove, our missions pastor. Hey, Glenn. Hey, how are you doing, man? <laughs> good, good. Glad you're here. So I have Glenn Grove with me today. He's our mission pastor. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Um, Glenn, will you just tell us a little bit of the background of who you are and what you do? I am super blessed. I grew up in a family that really uh, saw their job as to raise up children and release them into the world as ministers of the gospel. So um, in a way, it's a blessing. In a way, I didn't have any choice but to be here, really, and uh um, and it really suits my job. Uh, I really have what I think is the best job in the whole building yeah. where uh, we as a church have said we're going to prioritize uh, an outward focus. We're going to be looking into our community across our nation and actually around the whole globe. And so uh, what makes us unusual is that we have decided that that deserves its own full-time position. Yeah. And it's a, it's a real privilege. I, very few people get to do it. And lots of churches would love to, but just somehow we've been able to. And yeah. so I don't oversee ushers. I don't, I'm not involved <laughs> in the parking lot. I don't do any of that. I get to really focus on missions. And so for us, what a lot of that means is raising up, equipping, and releasing people into the field. Mm. And um, and then also we have this event here that we call Increase Christmas where we raise actually a, a pretty phenomenal amount of money yeah. in a very short period of time. And then we seek the Lord on how we can use that wisely around mm-hmm. the world. Every penny of it goes clear outside the doors. So cool. None of it can stay um, here. We don't use it for staff or for lights or any of that. It, every penny has to be used to uh, come alongside and f- people and further the gospel outside of our own uh, ministries here. Yeah. And so that's, that's really, uh, it's a real asset. And then it, while I'm doing all of that, to be honest, I'm kind of headhunting. I'm always looking for that young man or that young woman or that retired couple who are saying, what's next? Right. So I, I think one of the biggest things on my heart is what's next? How do I take concrete steps? It can be really confusing, right? It's yeah. just a, yeah. there's so much out there and there's so much material. And so I, I try to take a real personal approach to mm-hmm. it. I want to listen to people. What's on your heart? What God's, what's God speaking to you? What are the questions that 
you were asking, what, what's keeping you awake at night? And when you mm -hmm. wake up, what are you thinking about? And mm. who are you thinking about? Is there a particular place? Or uh, my father is really struggling and he's in a memory care unit. Mm -hmm. And I went in and there's 18 people in the unit. My father, somebody from my family sees him, at least one person every day, and one of us puts him to bed at night. And in the entire unit, he is the only one who ever gets a visitor, is what the the folks working there told me, you know. I can't get that off my brain. I keep thinking about mm. these 17 other people who... Uh, and so my family and I, we've just started saying hi to them and what's your name and how, how yeah, are you doing yeah, today yeah. and they light up it's it's actually it's not a chore it's the most fun thing i've done in a long time it's yeah. absolutely you want to play cornhole you know <laughs> and uh, um so that's one of the things on my mind and so i'm thinking lord is this something you're doing do yeah. i need to be involved and so i'm interested in when i get a chance to talk with somebody what's on your mind mm -hmm. what's stirring in your heart and can we ask if that's what the Holy Spirit is it is it your great idea or is the Holy Spirit mm. stirring you in this direction? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. I think spe specifically for young adults, I think that probably for all people, but specifically for young adults, there are moments <laughs> where something is happening in the world where you're like, Okay, I have to get outside of myself because I mean we're in America, like this we're just so selfish and yeah. and i know for me like getting away the first mission trip that i took was to brazil yeah. um and then the second one that i took was to ethiopia and, and a driving force in the reason i wanted to go to africa was darfur and now you have something like ukraine yeah. that's happening and yeah. so i think that there in 2022 the disaster that is social media there's also positives to it and the fact yeah. that we're more aware of what's happening in the world than we've ever been before yeah and so young adults being very aware of what's going on in the world i think that that it's stirring people and it it might not be full-time mission work in mm -hmm. the field in ukraine yeah but i think a lot of people are asking the question of like what what can i do and how can i prepare myself and how can i how can i start to like pray through like is this something that the lord would maybe have for me you have organizations yeah. like ywam and all these different like sending agencies for sure but we have an incredible blessing of being a part of a church that like can equip people. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. We have we're part of a larger family of churches yeah. with a whole dedicated agency just for doing that, and we do that here at our church. In fact, our family of churches, um, we're just really blessed. But they see us as an asset for right. tr training in our region in our area. I think you're absolutely right. I am not a fan of social media, but it is doing just that. In fact, when I was a young man, um, I was in college, and there was Mother Jones magazine mm. uh, talking about the controversy. I can't say I've ever heard of that before. <laughs> no, no, it's this hyper-liberal communist <laughs> okay, leftist right. magazine, and they're talking about what's happening in Central America at the time, the Sandinistas and the Contras okay. and all that. And then I'd go home and visit my parents, and they've got Reader's Digest on the back of the toilet. Right. And I'm reading, oh, the, and it's like completely different stories. And right. it's like, one of you two is lying. And I, <laughs> and I could not, I couldn't reconcile it. And so I did just what you're talking about. I started hitchhiking and jumping buses. I went to Central America because <laughs> oh. I, I thought, and right in the middle of the, this conflict, I thought, I got to figure out, I got to yeah. figure this out. And I think it's that same drive that you're talking about. Yeah. I think it's something God inspired and he put it in young people and some of us old farts too. And, um, <laughs> and that desire to say, I want the truth. And that's yeah. what I think is driving it is what's true. And so I, 
if I don't know if that can be found on in social media or yeah, not, sure. but but I think it can start a conversation, right. and I think it can stir something in us, and and this is where I think then in answering that question, finding answers, man, there's some great resources out there, and in truth, some of it probably is on the internet, yeah. and uh, but who are people we can trust? And for me, um, and and maybe again, this is just being an old guy, but it comes out of relationship yeah. that um, I'm blessed. And I think we're blessed as, uh, as a congregation in that we have access to people. Like Ukraine's a good example. I'm not turning to even the news for mm. information on social media or what's, yeah. or, or what's happening in Ukraine. I'm talking to friends. Yeah. I'm contacting oh, people. So crazy, I yeah. know I've been in their houses. I've <laughs> been, you know, um, and and I'm getting firsthand. They're telling me crazy. Their voice is all tense and high. I'm I'm looking out my window. There's 17 year old Russian boys getting out of trucks. He says they don't even know where they are. He says yeah. they're, they're just showing up here. You know, uh, it breaks my heart. Now now that gives me compassion for Russian boys. Right. That, that right, prior yeah. to that, it's just oh, like shoot cool. them all. <laughs> you yeah, know, not cute. really, not really. Yeah. <laughs> Cut that part. Um, but but uh, but now I'm. Now I'm not just reading a post or something. I'm talking to a friend who's telling me live what's going on. And yeah. So, um, so that I think that relationship yeah. piece is really key. And this is what Evan, I see you do this all the time, where you somebody comes to you, they may not have the relationship, but you do, and I think that's our great resource. And you're able to lend your relationship right. to them. Right. And you know, I do that all the time. I'd say. I don't have a clue about this, but have you heard of my friend Evan? Mm -hmm. And to be able to send people to you yeah. that can you can explain the mysteries of social media. I I, <laughs> I don't even know how to use it, you know. So, yeah. um, but I think we're in a great spot as a congregation for helping people walk yeah. forward in terms of figuring out what's my next step. Yeah, mm, so good. Okay, so on a practical level. I mean, we're, we're followers of Jesus, so we know that there's a spiritual element 100% to going and telling the world about Jesus. Yeah. But before we can do that, we have to practically equip ourselves yeah. and, and prepare ourselves. And so what would be some of your suggestions as somebody who's been in the mission field and, and you and Brenda have like lived it like yeah. in countries, and now you're living it out of country but still very right. involved? What are some practical ways that a young adult could say, here's, here's a couple things that I can do to see – where I'm at, and yeah. and maybe if this is something that I want yeah. to do. Uh, there's a couple things. One of them, the first one that jumps to my heart feels a little weird talking about it because it's actually something that I'm that I started, but yeah. um, uh, but it, it's I'm running something now every other week. Uh, I started it's six weeks long, and I'm calling it missional living workshop. But mm. the whole point of it is answering that exact question, mm. where somebody's trying to figure out. Is this my tribe? Am I, am I called to engage in outreach, maybe cross-culturally? Mm -hmm. And m maybe uh, cross-culturally can be right here in Billings. We yeah. have, it's, it's hiding. You have to know how to yeah. find it. <laughs> right, um, yeah. But there is tons of cross-cultural ministry happening. Well, I've got a friend right now who is really, um, she's engaged with an imam here in hmm. Billings, you know, and so a uh, young lady, smart, sharp gal, you know, and, um, but there is, we've got foreign exchange students, we've got mm -hmm. all, there really are quite a few ways, 
but how do I do it? How do I right. find it? So this is a, it's a six week workshop. Um, that we just call missional living. Um, and, uh, it really looking at next steps. What do, where am I in my life? Am I a single mom? Um, mm-hmm. or am I a dad trying to lead a family? Am, am I 20 and in my junior year of college and, right. and saying, taking all of these different things and, uh, walking through how to do that. Uh, there's also some great uh, printed resources. Uh, one of my favorites, I've got a small stack here, but um, one of my favorites right now is a book uh, called Across the Street and Around the World. It's written by a gal named Jeannie Marie. That's actually not her real name, but because of the hmm. nature of our times right. now. So she's talking about uh, ministry with Muslims, and she's yeah. working in in this country but engaged with Muslim. So I've been like I've been in Detroit in Hamtramck, yeah, uh, where people will not talk to you about ministry in a restaurant. It's too risky. They, you have to if you want to talk about ministry, you have to yeah. be out on the sidewalk in a country in 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 a city in the United States where you have. To. So um, and this is kind of the realm that she's working in. And so, uh, but a sharp gal, I've gotten to know her a little bit. And this book across the street and around the world really is looking at what. In my season of life, maybe I'm not going anywhere. I am going to be living in Billings for the next two years, no matter what, it would seem. How do I engage in ministry? Um, But am I willing, if this is something that Jesus is doing in my life, am I willing to consider that it might lead me other places? And, um, And we just see that, Evan. We see people who take the next step and the next step, and the next step. In mm-hmm. fact, um, one of the our main uh, outlets right now is a local man here in our congregation. He's a, uh, he's a veterinarian, sharp, sharp guy. Um, and he said yes to a trip with me about six years ago, mm-hmm. and we went into the Ukraine. And, uh, and then I asked him to lead a team, and he said yes. And then he said yes again to another <laughs> team. And and then he got so engaged with our partners there that they asked him to be on a board. And he said yes. And mm. so he ended up taking a trip over there for a board meeting. And there was no place for him to stay. And he ended up staying with a Romanian pastor. He said yes to yeah. rooming with a stranger, never met, you know. And then, and here we are in a war that, you know, came up out of nowhere, so to speak. Yeah. And he and that Romanian pastor are partnering together with Faith Chapel funds from Increased Christmas to get food into a remote area that has been receiving lots of refugees, but no food. <laughs> and so now they're, they're taking in people in the basements of churches, in their houses, no way to feed them. <laughs> and, and now, in the last two weeks, we've sent in two truckloads of 4,000 pounds of food each. Come on. And we just funded another one. But, it's, but it started with a guy in our congregation with lots to do, yeah. no trouble keeping busy, saying yes to an yeah. invitation. So I think if we can put invitations in front of people and encourage them to pray and seek the Lord and then... Uh, have the courage to be obedient to whatever God tells them. Sometimes it's the courage to say no to something, right? Yeah. Because they want to go desperately, and yeah. God's saying, not now, but but that ability to be obedient, and I think taking that next step. And so that's what this Missional Living Workshop is about. That's what this book is about, is what's my next step, and am I willing 
just be obedient. And I've seen this, Evan. I mean, you'll laugh because I, I, I've watched it in your own life, and I know you see it in ministry. It's that, that yes, will be costly. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't good. know what the cost will be. I don't yeah. know what, um, but it will be costly. But the payoff is this incredible mm-hmm. joy. Like when I talk to this friend about Ukraine, the joy that he has mm-hmm. in working through friendships and relationships and having a tangible, life-saving impact on yeah. people's lives, he never talks to me about the cost. He only talks to me about the joy. Right. I know it's cost him. I know it's cost him personally. I know, you know, um, I won't even share the cost, but, I, yeah, but they've yeah. been there, but that's not what he shares. I only know them from watching, not right. from him talking about it. Oh, so. so good. Yeah. So good. So good. Okay. So we've got that. You've got a couple other books here that, that you might suggest um, as maybe preparatory reading yeah. for somebody who's thinking about stepping into a missional lifestyle. Yeah. You know, um, I hear this from time to time and I don't know if it's a trend. I don't know. And maybe it's actually, to be honest, I think younger uh, generations um, are millennials and Z and X and Y. I don't know what they all are now. But um, I can educate you okay, on that later. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think these guys are actually, maybe they're better than my generation at mm-hmm. this, but I, from my generation, I fairly often hear, hey, when I get this taken care of, then I, when my kids are older, right. or when I get, when I'm a little more solid in my profession and I've got, you know, a better foundation, then I'm going to go. Yeah. Or when I get, um, when I get a master's in theology, then I'm going to go, <laughs> or then I'm going to be engaged. And what I've experienced, and when I look back now, this is the beauty of being an old dude, is I can look back at the people who have told me those kinds of things. They never got there. Yeah. They never, that that situation never resolved itself, you know. And so I, I've read a book recently that I, I know you're familiar with, lots of people are, yeah. John Mark Comer, uh, The Ruthless Elimination mm-hmm. of Hurt. Mm-hmm. And I, I like it because... You know, when we're talking about next steps, I think it provides some real, real nitty-gritty practical tools for my next steps, lists of things. I can I can make a checklist and say, I can read it and say, this one applies to me. And if I don't address this, it's probably going to... This is what I think. We we're talking about cost. I think there's a cost either way. Yeah. But one cost gets me in a direction that brings a lot of joy and a lot... The other cost is just brings depression it yeah, brings that's like good. you know so so i'm gonna pay it's just who am i gonna pay mm-hmm. <laughs> and um uh so i think this is a book that really i like i read it i, I already hate my phone and and, <laughs> no, and then yeah. and then he just really points out some things like i would say i am the lowest phone usage guy i know yeah and then i read this and i go i got some growth right a- areas here and it's not just that how do I spend time with my wife? What am I doing recreationally? And how mm-hmm. how do I optimize my time for the highest return in ways that bring Jesus joy and bring me joy? Yeah. And anyway, so I think it could be a good book. And, yeah. and, and maybe young people aren't as fast-paced or maybe they're worse than I am. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? I'm curious. No, yeah, I think I think that that is a epidemic among okay. all people okay. I think that and I think that my generation and, and younger are I mean we're tied to our phones we're tied with being busy we fill every moment of every day and so I think as we're talking about missional living I think that this is just a spiritual formation book absolutely. Where it's like, absolutely this isn't this isn't for somebody who's just gonna be a missionary this is somebody who wants to follow Jesus well yeah and 
just being able to stop and actually become who God has called us to be. And it, that can't, there's just so much noise. There's so yeah. much noise. Yeah. And to, to find practical ways to eliminate the noise and look back to the way that Jesus intended us to live our lives. And yeah. I've read through it twice already. Oh, and wow. it's like, wow. it's, um, it's one of those things like 1% better where you're like, I read an entire book and I was really inspired by it, and I got 1% better. <laughs> I might need to read it another 100 or so times before I actually yeah. have any of these things down. Yeah. But I think it's a, a really incredible book. I, I, it's funny that you said that, because I told my wife. Well, she and I just finished it. We read it together out loud. And uh, and it took us, because our lives are so stinking busy, it took us like four months to <laughs> yeah, read it. Right. You know. And I said, oh, babe, I think we need to just turn around and read it again. And yeah. I, and I think we uh, really do. You know, you just mentioned a critical piece there that, um, we kind of jumped in and I made some maybe unexamined assumptions about it's that, that we're talking and if somebody's listening to this, that they've really already deeply engaged in spiritual formation, mm-hmm. but that may not be the case. And so I think it's, I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah. uh, spiritual formation, we, we don't really want to try and export something that we haven't, that we're not engaged in. Um, and a verse jumped to mind while yeah. you were saying that. Um, uh, it is Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 2.10. And when we're talking about next steps, I think it presupposes that there are next steps, which I think is absolutely absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Because this is what Ephesians 2.10 says. For we are his workmanships, workmanship, um, God's created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Mm-hmm. Um, that a- as believers, there's stuff that God has already laid out in front of us, and and we know it's stuff that he's blessing. So I feel like, what are you blessing, Lord, and how do I, how do I be in that spot? How do I be right. in that place? But there's not a single believer that God hasn't prepared stuff in advance mm-hmm. for this uh, man or woman to be doing. And so um, that's what I think we're really talking about is how do I free up my time so that I actually can do it? How do I prepare to do it well? Mm -hmm. One of the things that I really don't see happening anywhere is idle waiting. There's no, hey, I'm waiting for this. Or, you know, like when somebody's raising funds to go into the field, like, like if they ever say, well, I'm just waiting here until those monies come in. I was like, whoa, 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 you just pushed my buttons, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, because we, we're engaged. Every mm-hmm. single one of us is yeah. a full-time minister of the gospel. Yeah. I'm not waiting. I, now, I may be growing. I may be learning. Yeah, I may well. not be going to, you know, Zaire tomorrow, but I'm fully engaged. And yeah. so... Yeah. Wow, that's so good. That's so good. Okay, I want to I want to combine a couple questions and it this this third book that you have, I think it'll it'll tie in here is mm-hmm. two questions that I posed to you before is how do I engage locally and how do I engage globally? Yeah. But those left by themselves are very wide questions that could be answered yeah. in a myriad of ways. And then you have this book, When Hoping Hurts, yeah, which yeah. was transformational in, in my life when yeah. I was stepping into the mission field early in, in yeah. my early 20s. So as as people are looking to engage locally and, and globally um, – they know they. You can go to Faith Chapel's website and, and find out how to engage locally and even globally. Post COVID's a little bit weirder. Teams mm-hmm. aren't going as often. There's yeah. practical ways that you can for engage. Sure. But what are the healthiest ways that you've seen for people to actually step in and engage in a way that is beneficial, not just making them feel better about yeah. themselves? Yeah, yeah. I, I think Evan. Um, 
I think being a taking a posture of a broken learner, and by mm-hmm. that I mean um, we're all broken units. Yeah. And if I don't recognize it, I'm going to do a lot of damage. Yeah. You know. But if I can recognize that, I'm. I'm I'm pretty messed up, mm-hmm. and um, and God's been gracious to me, and He's changing me, He's transforming me. I've been redeemed, mm-hmm. but I'm still being transformed. And so, when I step into a situation, um, particularly one that's new to me, I'll give you an example. I'm a boy from the woods in the Holy Land. I, I grew up in Alaska, <laughs> the right? Holy Land. Yeah. So um, I hear there's another one somewhere, but that's the <laughs> one. I, but um, but I, what I know about LGBTQ, I have to say it slow. I can't yeah. even, I have to think through right. the letters, you know. That, that's how little I know. But I think it's pretty important. Yeah. And um, man, if I just went into those conversations with what I think or what I feel, I'm not going to move anybody closer to Jesus. Right. I'm going to create barriers mm. and not bridges and... Um, so I'm having to step into these conversations. By God's grace, he is pulling some a remarkable gay and lesbian and trans men and women around me who I'm fe- finding favor, I think, because I'm saying, listen, I'm, I don't know much about this, yeah. and I almost guarantee you I'm going to hurt your feelings, mm. but I want you to look into my eyes and recognize that it will be an accident. It's yeah. not my desire. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, and, and, and I tell them, and they'll ask me direct questions, do you think my lifestyle is a sin? And I say, I, I, I'm going to base all of those answers off the Bible. And, and it says we all have sin in our lives. Yes, I think this is a sin. But, but I have no, nothing in me that thinks I need to convince you that it's a sin because I think the Holy Spirit is really good at that, and it's yeah. his job. And if I waste my time doing that, I'm trying to do his job, and I think he's got other stuff for me to do. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll speak to you honestly about this, but, but please help me understand what's going on in you. So I, I think that's actually a good cross-cultural model. That, uh, this is yeah. about as cross-cultural as anything I know. A boy from the woods talking to a transgender yeah. person, yeah. That's, that's cross-cultural. Absolutely. And, and so... I feel like the skills that I learned living in China and different places are that posture of saying, I, I don't know, mm-hmm. help help me understand. And that gives me a voice yeah. then at times when they start asking honest questions. I was uh, recently with a fellow and he asked me an honest question. I gave him an honest answer and he got all mad and said, that's why I can't be at the church. I said, wait a sec. If, if, we, if you ask me an honest question, I give you an honest answer and that ruptures our ability to be in relationship, then we have a real problem. Because if I ask you a question, I don't want you to lie to me. Right. And, <laughs> right. But but can we have mutual respect? And so I don't I don't think it matters if it's a Muslim or a, a Taoist or uh, any anybody else. No matter yeah. what the ism is. Yeah. Um, can I? Am I prepared to learn? <laughs> yeah, that's so and, good. And hear what's going on in their lives and how did they get here? And trust that that us moving forward in relationship, them moving closer to Jesus, probably isn't about me nailing a strategy. It's about me trying to represent Christ. And mm. I think that's what he might 
do is engage with them at a personal level. Yeah. And so his hardest, like we joke about it, but his hardest criticisms were for the religious establishment, not for the drunkards, not for the, you know, thieves, not right. for, you know, uh, prostitutes. His hardest criticism was for the religious establishment, which I am, right. which tells me I have to be uber careful. And mm-hmm. so I don't know if that's a great answer. No, that's, for, that's for you. phenomenal. I kind of yeah. want to just end the podcast on that because that is a great way to end. But I do want to ask a question about the, the practicality of young adults who are in Billings, Montana right now. Um, Faith Chapel has options, but like what, what would be your suggestions for, for first steps for somebody who does want to engage locally? Like what, what are the options that they can do that? And then we'll talk about what are the best options to engage globally. So, um, so as a baseline, I think locally, um, we're really blessed. We work with a lot of really wonderful partners. Um, uh, I, I think of uh, uh, Family Promise, mm-hmm. CLDI. CLDI is yeah. just uh, amazing. We have different ones, her campaign, different ones who are really doing wonderful stuff locally. W- what they tell me, and it doesn't matter if it's uh, uh, the Montana Rescue Mission, a, a lot of them just doing really uh, good stuff, uh, Family Promise. What they say is they all need help. Mm-hmm. They're all willing. But this is some, where some of that cost comes in because, like, I can be sitting with my friends and we say, hey, let's run down to the rescue mission and see what we can do, you know, yeah. which really is born out of a great heart. Right. But what they really repeatedly tell me they need is they don't care if it's one hour or six hours, um, if it's Monday or what day, but can you be faithfully consistent? Mm. One hour a week faithfully coming in, playing games with single mom's kids yeah. in the lobby, you know, in the evening, once a week on time, be there. Mm. Uh, but that's what they ask for. So th- if we think of that as a baseline, yeah. you know, I'm going to serve here somewhere uh, locally, then, um, then I think that's, there's a lot of demand for that, to be honest. And that's something um, that we want to be able to do is help facilitate that. So that's something. Somebody can call the church. You can talk to me. You can, uh, my assistant, uh, Megan, is wonderful, mm-hmm. and talk to us. We'd love to help facilitate that. But you can also just go directly uh, to these um, organizations. But what I would say is it doesn't have to be with me. It doesn't have to be through Faith Chapel, but... Um, Try and do it through relationship. Yeah. Where are the people and places where you already have relationship? Mm-hmm. And can you build on that? This book, When Helping Hurts, I think really also has a lot of um, just helpful next steps that guide me. But can I, can I step into it with an open-hearted posture that says, I don't know. I may think I know. I, I, and I think, um, as I've been around some of your, uh, the, the college age, the, the career age, these are really smart people. Yeah, smart enough to be able to say, "I think I know," but I also think I'm probably lying to myself. <laughs> and, and and can I approach this in a in a brand new way? So this book, when helping hurts. So if you think um, we could do, I should have brought another book. But there's like this trifecta of books. There is uh, probably the best very first stage. Like if you don't know anything. Yeah. Um, is across the street around the world. And then after somebody goes through that and says, I'm ready for something a little more challenging, then I think 
When Helping Hurts is a great next book if you wanted to do that. And then finally, at the graduate level, there is uh, Working with the Poor by Bryant Myers. And, and, and really, in all honesty, in fact, if you look in the back, uh, <coughs> uh, they're all building off of Bryant Myers' work. Okay. You just, you, you, it is at a graduate level. But Bryant Myers is then going to dig in. If you read both of these and say, I really want to go even deeper theologically. What is happening here? What have we learned in the last 2,000 years? And, um, <coughs> you know, and you want to have a dictionary at hand and start looking upwards, then Bryant Myers will take you into some ch real challenging uh, headspace. Um, so I think that's a great uh, three steps. But then um, w one of the other things that I would love to see, and we've seen some of it. This is so cool. There's a handful of, uh, a while back started a, a men's group uh, that met in a break shop. I wanted to get stuff out of the building, right? Sure. And so we found a space, uh, found a mechanic uh, downtown who run in his uh, uh, garage and said, hey, can we, um, can we run a, a Bible study in your, uh, in your garage? He just handed me a key. And, Come on, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but... But I think um, if if you're saying if somebody's questioning is am, is this my tribe? Am I am, first of all am am I a follower of Jesus? Do I want to be, or I am a follower of Jesus and I don't know what's next? But I feel something in my heart that says I I see injustice in my community and around the world, and it mm -hmm. bugs me. Yeah, it's like I sit and talk with my friends about it. I doodle about it then I would say this is your tribe, that this is something that God's putting on your heart. Honestly, I think it's all of us, but it looks different at different seasons in our life and Absolutely. different times. So um, we have some resources that I'm holding right now in my hand. It's something from Frontiers, a wonderful ministry out of Phoenix that's really focused on unreached people groups, people mm -hmm. who have never had a chance to hear the gospel. Um, it's a four-week study. Mm -hmm. It's super easy. Anybody can lead it. And I think right now, as I say that, there will be some people who would say, oh, you haven't met me. I, I'm not <laughs> capable of that. I mean, anybody. If you're breathing and can read and talk, you can lead yeah. this. And yeah. uh, um, But that doesn't mean that it's trite. It's not trite material. It's deep. It's solid. Um, and I, I literally don't know anybody who could go through it and not grow. And it's uh, roughly the size of a menu at Red Robin. Yeah. You know, so it, it's not this... You know, it doesn't require a ton of preparation. It just requires an open mind mm -hmm. and an open heart. And then um, I've got another one here that's Explore, and it's seven weeks, and it's a lot uh, more in-depth, and it really um, helps you go deeper with questions. And then we do something uh, just about every year in Billings. One place or another, there is a, a training program called Perspectives mm -hmm. that is – it's 15 to 16 weeks. It can be done at a audit level all the way up to graduate level. You can get graduate credit. You can get undergrad credit for it. Um, and this is my sales pitch. It's expensive. It's really difficult. And it takes a lot of time. And it lasts, you know, four months, you know. Yeah. Um, but, man, I don't know anybody. Literally, right now in Billings, we've had about 200 people go through it. And I don't know a single one who doesn't say it's one of the best things God ever used yeah. in their lives. So if somebody's seriously saying, 
I, I gotta know more. How do I move forward? Um, what's that? Martin Luther King, I wish I had thought to bring it with me. He had a great quote that basically says, um, you know, there's nothing more dangerous than sincere stupidity, mm. you know, which I thought was a really hard word. I, yeah. I don't know if I would have said stupidity, but, yeah. um, but, but that idea that I saw this on a podcast or I, you know, saw this on the news and I'm fired up and I, I'm going to Poland. I'm going to do, you know, well, they don't need you in Poland right now, almost undoubtedly, you know. Yeah. So, but what would be a good and useful thing? How could you inform that passion? These are the kind of tools, you know, these kind of studies and a mm-hmm. course-like perspectives that they'll, they'll inform that passion here in Billings and mm-hmm. uh, out um, around the world. I, I spend a fair amount of time down on the downtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Saturday nights, Friday nights, yeah. um, not in the hip and trendy places, but, <laughs> but but in the in the parking lot between the bank and Burger King. Sure, and there's a lot to be learned there. Yeah, and oh, um, and if I step into that without some thinking, without some preparation, it's easy to start saying, "Yeah, I'll buy this for you." Or you need some money, I'll do that. You know. So, but but how can I step into that in a way that? Um, maybe can bring some real transformation. Um, I, I think part of that will be exploring some of these kind yeah. of resources and learning, ha- helping without hurting. And yeah. so, uh, so. so good. So good, man. We're going to have to do a couple episodes with you because <laughs> I want another episode where you just tell stories <laughs> because one of my favorite things in the world is just to listen to Glenn tell stories about his time in other countries and just, I mean, you just like just threw out like yeah just like jumped on buses and hitchhiked my way to central america i'm like yeah everybody does that um man i just so appreciate you you are um somebody that i really look up to and I, one one time when i was like 18 i was like i want to be i want to be the full-time missions pastor and then i realized that there were people like you who could who to, could equip me to do missions better and so i just hope you know how much I, I appreciate you and respect you and i think this is a really fruitful conversation and uh, i hope that there's a ton of people who are a little bit fired up to uh you know either go across the street go go across the world so Amen. thanks Amen. Glenn. always a treat to sit with you thank you yeah, Evan. i really brother. appreciate it thanks thanks Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.